And we're back at it again. Welcome Woo. to Under the Bridge. Episode oh. six, seven? Yeah, who cares? I don't know, I whatever. I stopped caring. I'm only not matters counting. when we hit 100, and even then, maybe not. So, Anyways, <laughs> I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. I'm Nick, a.k.a. Asian Duckman. As you can see by our sick new logo. Oh, man, I love this logo. It's so good. I feel like such it's, a professional. It's, it's pretty cool, guys. I'm not going to lie to y'all. And <sighs> yes, we are the joined. The visual appearance is delightful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the, Greg's not the... here this time. Instead. We have replaced him. Hello, I'm Chase. Uh, you can call me Shrimp or Sigma or Chase. I go by anything. I'm Rexy or Jeff. Family-friendly mode engaged, you muffin heads. Oh, boy. It doesn't help you have the two problem children here. We no one will be listening <laughs> anyway. Be that is a descriptor. If you were discretion advised after minute five. <laughs> I thought it was three. Okay, pretty much. Jimmy, can we can we get that little logo in the bottom right, the parental advisory? That'd be I'm great. Not doing Thanks, that. Jimmy. Where's Jimmy Kimmel's obnoxious laugh when we need it? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was very good. So I've been practicing. Spirit of Jimmy is with us. <sighs> yep. Okay. News. News. Okay. News. We're starting with news. HBO Max is developing an Aqualad origin story based on You Brought Me the Ocean with Charlize Theron as executive producer. What? Yeah. For an Aqualad story? Well, it's you kind of lost me at Aqualad, I won't lie. Gay teenage coming of age story or something. So Ah, uh, so it's the black one. Yeah, it's that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the good okay. one from... Uh... From, uh, oh, from Young, Young Justice. Young Justice. Okay. okay, all right. Except not quite. It's based on that guy, but hey. it, it, yeah, you know, my girlfriend be dead, but I. I think that's still less yeah. than three minutes in. Um, oh, <laughs> 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 this is gonna be a podcast. Oh, I love this episode. This is my favorite episode because myself. I'm in it. <laughs> future Cody, I apologize. Uh, future Cody, I'm not sorry. You did this to yourself. <laughs> Anyway, Future I... Cody, I got you. I got this fancy button. I f- there we go. <laughs> well, I'm taking I will that try to moderate it. myself. I don't know how good I'll be. <laughs> I hate this. I already regret this. <laughs> Moving on. So anyway, this this Charlie the Charlie is there in uh, Aqualad. Yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, thing. It's, it's a, a thing. thing. Apparently, I just learned it's... of it. Does yeah. anybody have anything else to say about it? Because I really could give two shits. I'm I mean, gonna be I, 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 I mean, cannot wait to not buy this one or not uh, look, uh, read this one. Not because of anything related to it. I just don't read comics. This oh. is no. This is no, HBO, this is HBO Max. Max so. yeah. no, oh, like, I definitely can't wait to not support it then. <laughs> it kind of came out of nowhere in season three. I liked it though because their banter was funny. Yeah, like I liked them. I just wish I knew more about how it happened. It's something I, I've been trying to understand myself, given that I've recently started consuming more media than I normally would. You keep looking for the explanation as to why these things are. I had it a lot. Oh, geez, what was that show I was watching? Uh, but while well, it was the Halo series, oh, none wow. of it makes sense. Nothing about it makes sense. And I keep waiting for the payoff because like, what? explain this, explain this, Paramount. Why are you doing it this way? And it, it's one of those things where it might not get an explanation, and that frustrates me sometimes. I mean, it, the relationship itself was like 90% of the other relationships in Season 3, and they were just shoehorned in. Because Season 3 was just a bunch of shoehorn relationships that was very, ugh. Oh, just like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
Oh boy. Yeah, no, season three of Agents of the Shield was just nothing but relationships, and only half of them were any good. But anyways, here's one. Oh boy, what we got? They now have a director attached to Beverly Hills 4, and it's Mark Malloy making his film directorial debut. What's he known for? No this, feature like... films. <laughs> there you go. Does he at least have like a what? TV like... career or something? Yeah, is he a Beverly TV? Hill... Oh, sorry, Beverly Hills Cop 4. Oh my god. Oh, we okay. Get, we get my boy Eddie? I can't believe I left Cop out of that. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, Beverly Hills, that's not something I'm familiar with. Beverly Hills for the Hills Have Eyes. I mean, I know like, the place, but like, uh, like, Beverly, like Beverly Hills Beverly. Chihuahua, Beverly Hills The Song. Beverly Hills Beverly Chihuahua. Hills, like... Oh, man. Beverly Hills Chihuahua for, oh. Yo, now I want to watch Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, God. I, I, all I can think of is George Lopez as the Chihuahua, and I want to die. I, that was one of his greatest medias, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm... I just, I, George right Lopez. Up there with Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Shark Boy and Lava Girl, he deserved to have an Oscar for. Okay, I that was. I see both of you after school today. With your parents! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I know everything, and you know nothing. <laughs> Nobody what Cody will laugh at this, but Gyorg Lopez. <laughs> Georg Lopez. G- Gyorg L- Lopez? It's yeah. a dumb joke. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you later. No, okay. no, you know what? This is this is free content. So, oh, okay, fair. Basically, when we used to hang out at Gulfport on Tuesday nights, at one point we started talking about Majora's Mask, and somehow we got on, we got on Georg Lopez, and the idea is it's the boss Georg from Majora's Mask that you have to fight with a Zora mask. But uh, it was it was Minish Cap actually. Was it Minish Cap? It was Minish Cap because you got you got to clone yourself uh, in the particular pattern to hit the eyes at the same time. So could have sworn I've never played I've never played Majora's Mask. So, huh. so I have some actual <laughs> news relating to the topic, actually. I know, uh, I'm not done telling the story yet. Go for it. No, Georg is the boss of the Great Bay Temple of Majora's Mask. Georg is also a boss in the Sky Dungeon in Minish Cap. Well, there you go then. But the really funny thing about it was that after that night, I could not remember the joke for months, but I remembered laughing at something. And then all of a sudden I'm walking around the supermarket and it hits me. And I just messaged Chase, and I go, Georg Lopez. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, I'm sorry, you were saying you had something relevant. Oh, no, it's not, it's barely relevant. I just know his filmography, quote-unquote. Oh, good, hit me with it. He did a GoDaddy commercial in 2016, <laughs> a Nissan commercial in 2016, and two Apple commercials in 2019. Well, everybody's got to start somewhere, I suppose. Was he responsible for the GoDaddy commercials with the uh, very attractive Danica one? Patrick? Maybe. Danica Patrick is is who you're talking about because she was the she's like the first female NASCAR ride driver, and basically for some reason they threw her in the GoDaddy commercials because sex appeal. I don't know. I wish Greg was here because he would go off on his Danica Patrick tangent. Yeah, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of it. I have it's, not. It, it, it is. I understand he has times. some opinions about Danica Patrick, but that's about as far as it goes. It is hilarious. Okay, Danica Patrick, rant. if you will. Okay, but next time Greg's on the podcast, we gotta talk about Danica Patrick. We gotta ask him about Danica Patrick, I'll make a note. Danica Patrick is a playable character in Sonic All-Stars Racing. Yeah. Is what? she really? <laughs> yes. Yes, That's she is. amazing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Does she drive the GoDaddy cart? I don't fucking know. I play I play the Team Fortress 2 guys, they're Amy. Sweet, sweet Amy. So, <laughs> moving on from Beverly Hills Cops, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it seems like all we have to do is go on unrelated Tangentica Patricks about it. <laughs> that was awful. That was that awful. Was, but I don't regret it. 
Okay. Now, I'm curious about what the next one on your list is. Cause, yeah, uh, so Universal's picked up Batshit, which is a spec script. I did. I looked it up. Apparently, that's just an unsolicited script by Ryan Belenzon and Jeff Gelber. The project is described as an action thriller about a new bounty app that encourages reckless behavior, with the script being inspired by dangerous antics propagated and encouraged by social media around the globe. So sounds terrible. What? Sounds like a Black Mirror what? episode. It, it sounds like the one that one movie where Daniel Radcliffe had guns stapled to his hands, but yeah, guns. It's akimbo. universal. Yeah, it's guns akimbo, but now it's universal. It's called yeah. batshit. Okay. It's it's yeah, probably it's, it's probably going to do bat shit at the office. We'll find out, I suppose. The, all the only thing the name inspires in me is the um, George Carlin rant <laughs> that Spe- I will not name here. Speaking of literal bat shit, let's move on to our next topic. Yeah, we had a huge weekend drop for Morbius in its second weekend. I love a good segue. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Couldn't have planned this better. I plan. I plan that. No, I didn't. Okay, seventy-four percent drop. Is yeah, it was seventy-four percent. Well, yeah, estimated the, the when seven people it. that the you know seven people that wanted to see segue? it saw it. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. No, the guy who like bought the rights to own it from the inventor, and then you know, huh. drove it off. Sold it for uh, started selling them for like a thousand percent markup. Huh. I wonder. I wonder how Paul Blart feels about that. Paul Blart. Paul <laughs> Paul Blart is a modern American hero. Yes. And I will hear I will hear no. Now I just I want to watch a movie no about dissent. Kevin James suing suing for the rights of Paul Blart. It's, <laughs> it's just a legal honest, drama where he's I, suing. I, I, I want another movie like Role Models, but with more LARPing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Can we just get an entire movie about the LARP from Role Models, please? Thank you. Is Role Models good? I enjoyed it. If you like, if you like dumb adult comedy movies, it's for you. It's for the same people that unironically pass out laughing in the theater to grown-ups. <laughs> I did it. Uh, it's I the exact ups, same I audience. I mean, I haven't seen Grown Ups one, so you know. Uh, grown Ups one's pretty great, especially when Steve Buscemi at the water park. I fucking love it. <laughs> I, I passed out laughing no less than three times to Grown Ups two in the theater. <laughs> wow. But yeah, the back to Morbius, the 74% second weekend drop is actually a record for a, quote, big comic book flick. So presumably one released by a major studio that actually has any marketing behind it. Well, I'm glad the movie is doing terribly then. Yeah. Maybe it means we won't get any more sp- uh, Sony-versed crap. No, we will. Just yeah. we know solo Morbius movies. Oh. They're in too deep to stop at this point. It's going to take like three or four flops. For them to reconsider this whole thing. Well, I think Craven's gonna just flop. Stop it, so, in general, was 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 Venom two a commercial flop? I know it was no, a good movie, but it wasn't. Like it wasn't. I I actually think it did better than all three Marvel Studios releases that year. Really? Oh, well, okay. okay. It didn't do well, better than No Way Home, but it did do better than Eternals, no Shang Chi, no and Black Widow. Well, then it's again, like, those, those three were, were relatively. Those three were relatively weak Marvel movies, so I'm yeah, sorry, they Jeff, were go definitely ahead. Shang-Chi is not weak, haters. and I'll fight both of you over that. Shang-Chi's okay, great. Well, I, 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 you can't even get me to care about that movie, because I don't even know who the hell that is. That's no, like, I, I should, I should apologize. Like, I did not see the movie. 
I understand you guys, because you guys are more deeper into comic stuff, but, like, you talk to regular people like me, we don't know who the hell Shang-Chi is. Yeah, and nobody knew who the hell the Guardians were. That's not an argument anymore. I disagree, but... Ant-Man. I, I mean, people knew who Ant-Man was. Yeah, as a guy yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he he was... It's the same thing as Iron Man back in 2008. People knew who he was, but for the wrong reasons. The difference is the Guardians were actual D-list nobodies. They were legitimately the bottom barrel. Like even Hawkeye was kind of like unknown and like but Hawkeye again, and Black Widow. Well, Hawkeye was again, always an Avenger. You, yeah, you nobody have, gave again, a shit about the Avengers until the Avengers came out. You, you also have to remember that the nobody of Shang Chi comes what thirty Marvel movies later. It's to the point where it doesn't matter. It's a Marvel movie. People are gonna maybe care about it even if they don't know who the character is. That I said, I I agree with Jeff. I don't know who Shang-Chi is, and frankly, I have no real attachment to the character, and I'm in no hurry to watch the movie until it comes out, until he becomes relevant for the next big Avengers team-up, honestly. Yeah. If anything, though, um, I will say Venom beating it at the box office is actually an accomplishment. Again, because it's a Marvel movie. It, yeah. it, people, it's whether whether or not it's... Yeah. Whether or not it's a character people are attached to and care about, It it's a Marvel movie. It's the next big... Thing. It's the yeah, like, it, it's the prestige of the brand rather than the actual character recognition. That's the one. Plus, Shang-Chi actually mm -hmm. got really good reviews all around and is generally agreed to probably be one of the better things that came out that year. Because, okay, Venom 2 beating Black Widow, not a huge surprise, especially given the pandemic climate at the time and also the fact that they released it straight to Disney+. Plus. Beating Eternals, also not hugely surprising because not only are the Eternals a bunch of nobodies, but their movie wasn't... Their movie wasn't great. It was decently ambitious, but still nothing spectacular. I like the potential for this movie and what it opens up more than I like the movie itself. Beating Shang-Chi, though, that's an accomplishment, I think. Well, I guess but, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, Morbius sucked, and I'm Morbius glad it's sucked. failing. Or it didn't suck, since it's about vampires. Oh god, that is the worst joke. Oh, let's just move on. Yeah! Just give me, give me five minutes in a different topic, I'll make worse. I mean, we're getting it eventually. <sighs> I'm still pro-Wesley Snipes, but, like, I'll give this boy a chance for my boy. I, Wesley Snipes I just wanna... literally tried to choke the director of Blade Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you seen that movie? It's partly bad because of Wesley <laughs> Snipes. <laughs> Wesley Snipes really is, like, one of the biggest drama queens of all time. <laughs> Wesley cinema. Snipes is what Wesley Snipes is. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to appreciate how Maharshali, Ma Maharshala Ali, sorry, I'm going to have a hard time saying Marshala, that. Maharshala, yeah. Ma Maharshala Ali walks into Marvel, says, I would like to play Blade. And they say, I'm sorry, we're not, we don't have any Blade projects going right now. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I want to play Blade. Originally, they talked here about we making are. it a TV show, and then they reworked it into a movie based on him wanting to do it. I mean, mm -hmm. to be fair, the guy with sunglasses on looks like Blade, so... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Honestly, with the way Moon Knight's going, I kind of have high hopes for a Blade show. Without without them holding back, I should mm -hmm. say. Yeah. yeah. Surprisingly enjoying Moon Knight. We'll, we'll you, get to you... Moon Knight later, but yeah, it's yeah. great. We'll get to that one near the end. It's some good stuff. So, in comics news... We're getting an Avengers 1 million BC one-shot in July, which is teased to reveal the secret origin of Thor. That's because, stupid. Yeah. The, are they, wow. I can just are they finally mythology. putting Khonshu on the team? No. 
For people not in the know, the new thing about Thor's origin is that it turns out Gaia is not actually his mom, but the host of the Phoenix, who was part of the Avengers 1 million who Odin was banging, is his mom. That's Anthony Hopkins, you devil. Yeah, right. <laughs> but look, if we get more of Ghost Rider on a Mammoth, I can only complain so much, because Ghost Rider on a Mammoth is just... It's something I never knew I needed until I saw it on a comic page, and then I was just, how dare you make me wait this long? My question is, does the mammoth run really fast, or does it just walk at normal speed but leave fire prints behind? I assume it has to go really fast, because most Ghost Rider vehicles do. It'd be right. really funny if he just walks real slow and just put the, puts fire around. Like, like that would be vengeance really funny. Vengeance is coming at five miles an hour. Vengeance will be there, though. Assure you, vengeance will come. Oh, yeah, but if they get hit by that five mile an hour mammoth, they ain't getting up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like, to imagine I like to imagine it runs at normal mammoth pace, but it has the kinetic energy of something that's going very fast. Ah, the Ooh. old juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's the one. Very good. But yeah, other... woohoo, another another Avengers team. Yeah. Can't wait. Especially Ooh. written by Jason Aaron. Yeah, great, awesome. Can't wait to see how he screws up the universe even more. Ah. I know that name. That's I a name to... that means something to me. That's a Please name that on. means lots to some people. I read comics, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so, going back to stuff that came out in 2021, we already knew that America Chavez was originally planned to make her debut in No Way Home until, or, I guess it wasn't make her debut, it was Multiverse of Madness was supposed to have come out first, so she already would have been an established character, and then would have popped up in No Way Home, but since Multiverse got pushed back, they scrapped her from being in No Way Home. Now, we actually know what role she would have had, she would have basically been a Sorcerer's Apprentice type, too strange, and the portal shenanigans caused by Ned in the movie would have been her. Honestly, huh. I think it's better they gave it to Ned. It's better they gave it to Ned. It was part of Ned's arc. I, I like, I, I like it better. It was, it's, it, the, the, what they did with uh, with Ned was was better, and I think that was a better payoff. Uh, it was having him, you know, do all the magic shit. I do like accidental wizard Ned. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty dope. I don't really know anything about America Chavez, but her name makes me very upset. So I'm gonna, I, I don't know. Are you unpatriotic? No, she's one. She's one of those characters that I've heard so many bad things about that I don't want to even give her a chance. I I don't even know who she is. She's... I just know her name's America. Her... Do you hate America? I hate that America. <laughs> She's not a bad character in most of her appearances. The problem is her literal first solo run was an absolute train wreck. And unfortunately, that was also a lot of people's first exposure to the character. And because it was her first solo run, it drove the conversation around her a bit. So, she's kind of been ruined by that bit, but you know how it goes. All it really takes is one good movie adaptation, and then she'll be back on top. I just always appreciate when a movie uses the characters it already has, instead of having to introduce new ones to fill roles that could easily be given to someone else. So, yeah. again, if all she was going to do was replace Wizard Ned, absolutely, making Wizard Ned was the call. Plus, I really hope that that means Ned gets his memories back at some point and gets mad at Peter because I could have been a wizard! Forget MIT! I have magic! <laughs> I kind of hope not because that just kind of ruins all the all the stuff Peter had to pay for. Because like in the first two movies, it seems like Peter doesn't really have any real sacrifices that he makes. And 
and no way home that's that's the big the big sacrifice is just sacrificing everyone well sacrificing him his feelings so that everything can go back to normal so i i actually think it would ruin everything if ned got his memories back counterpoint Spider-Man is not supposed to be in a perpetual cycle of misery. That's the result of a bunch of editors who don't know how to handle the character actually growing up and maturing, and even in that instance, the real thing that happens is that a tragic Spider-Man event happens every so often, but because comic book movies are compacted by nature, everything that happens has to be big and tragic, which is why it's just fed into this perpetual cycle that Spider-Man is a sad sack. I also would appreciate if, if at the very least, uh, at the very least him, Ned, and MJ regained their memories, if only because I feel like a Spider-Man who is alone is a Spider-Man who has nothing to lose. And I feel like that if we're not going to have the, there, there's the, the whole gimmick of Spider-Man to me has always been him struggling to juggle his hero life and his personal life. And right now, as it is, he has no personal life. He has no obligations to have to to have to make him make his encounter with the rhino very quick because he has to get home to Aunt May or because he has to get the he has to get to school real quick. He just lives in his own on an apartment, and I think he was going to a community college at the end, if I remember correctly. GED, right? GED, yeah. So there's not a whole lot that could potentially drag him away from there. So again, I think having Wizard Ned at the very least start dabbling in that, if not, because Strange won't. Absolutely not, especially not after last time. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, personally, I think if there's going to be a character that should remember Pete, that will or slash should remember Peter, it's uh, I don't remember his name, but John Favreau's character, Happy. Oh, I think Happy. That, Happy. Yeah, Happy. I think Happy should be the one to remember him, and I think it's good. I I think um, them not remembering him, Ned and MJ specifically, because I think it would be a good time. I think it would be a good growing up moment. So he, for him to like move on and introduce characters, either like Gwen or my my personal my personal opinion, uh, Felicia. Oh yeah, so, oh, I'm 100 well, yeah. percent on board so, with Felicia Hardy. Me too. So like, give me Black Cat, please. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to set that up. You said perfect, Black Cat. <laughs> oh. He. Spider-Man does historically have a has a, has a rotating cast of supporting characters, so it's not the worst thing if Ned and MJ don't come back. I kind of hope they do, if only because at some point, but not anytime soon. Certainly not in the next movie. But I definitely don't want to see Happy remember because I feel like one of the best things about this entire new setup is that it completely divorces Spider-Man from Stark Industries and means that he <laughs> cannot rely on Tony Stark tech in it or support in any capacity and happy is the easiest way to get back into that so good yeah. point i did not think about that i think leaving happy not remembering is good because it lets him divorce from that his friends maybe we'll see but i do i i do look forward to maybe getting a harry osborne or a felicia hardy or i would love to have harry i would love to i would love to get harry in there Give me, give me supple Felicia, please. I need, I need the better, I need the better Catwoman. Please, I could, I I could, I could, I could go without uh, MJ personally. Not, not, nothing against MJ, but if I had to pick between them, I would definitely prefer Ned. Personally, I did not like the MJ in the newer Spider-Mans. I love Zendaya. It's just a me thing. She 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 grew on me. I I was in the same camp uh, when Homecoming first came out, but I don't know, man. 
I like her a lot sure. more now that I know that they're not going to make a new character based on her in the comics to replace Mary Jane. Because so, that, well, that, was... that was my genuine fear at the time, because you know how the comics get once a movie comes out and does something right. They'll do yeah, an overhaul it... to make it exactly like the movie. So, it, it would not have been the first, second, or even 33rd time. Yeah, so I was definitely afraid that Mary Jane was out, Michelle was in, in the comics, mm-hmm. and when that didn't come to pass, it was like, okay, okay, panic mode deactivated. I, I felt she was insufferable in, um, I don't remember, I don't know what their order is, Homecoming was the first one, right? Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah, I, she was insufferable in Homecoming. Correct. Um, and the second one, she was still pretty insufferable. And in the third one, she was much more tolerable, but, like, mm-hmm. two insufferable plus one intolerable still equals insufferable, so. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So, uh, oh, hey, this ought to be a fun transition, going from Zendaya oh to Brie Larson, who is joining the cast of <laughs> Fast and Furious 10. <laughs> what is she oh, doing boy. Fast and right, Furious? Cody, Cody, someone get Cody, my birthday you know, candles. Alright, y'all know my hatred for Brie Larson, but. <laughs> I don't. I will admit, I enjoyed her acting. Like, she's not a bad actress. She's just a bitch in real life. And I'm not gonna lie, her acting in um, Skull Island was pretty great. Yeah, I'm sad she didn't come back for Godzilla vs. Kong. She does a wonderful job at the tomboy role. But she's terrible as Miss Marvel. Yes, yes. yes. Correct. At first, I thought the movie was okay. And then I rewatched it, and then I'm just like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't follow. Like she, she doesn't have to gain anything. She's just super strong. She doesn't learn a lesson other than I'm strong woman. And like she the thing that did. really turned the okay. whole thing is literally she already got the powers and yeah, but that's that's no fun to watch. It's not a fun it, movie. It, as I, as far as origin stories go, it it it. Like I don't know myself there's, personally. There's no struggle. It's a rediscovery of the self. Yeah. So I don't know. It might not be a struggle I, you like, but there was a struggle. I don't know. I don't really... I, I wasn't also a fan of of, of, of Captain Marvel, but... Uh, what I mean, the hell I, is... I'm not crazy about it either. I just... What's she doing in Fast like, and Furious, though? Like, what's her role? <laughs> no idea. I mean, probably she'd probably... Female driver. Opposite John Cena. <laughs> I could see Brie Larson being in a Fast and Furious film. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. She she'd fit right in We're, with the, all the testosterone. I'm not gonna watch it. Cause... Did they already go to space? <laughs> they already went to space, right? Yeah, they went Where to space they last gone? movie. Okay, so now they're going to like what? Jurassic. They're isn't going this, underwater. Isn't this the Jurassic World uh, one where they're like crossing over with Jurassic World? You know, uh, part oh, of me Jesus hopes Christ, that, no. But the other part of me would <laughs> pay you? twice the price of a normal ticket to see it. Why'd you have to remind me that's actually happening? That is actually happening. Why did you have... Like, Jurassic World is already fucking awful. So, hear me out. Weaponized dinosaurs is the stupidest idea since making a theme park out of dinosaurs. Don't ask. Jurassic World (laughs) is the stupidest fucking idea. Because it's literally Jurassic Park, but fucking worse. (laughs) Sorry. So, hear me out. Um, Fast and Furious has already jumped the shark. We've gone to space. There, There is only one thing bigger than jumping the shark, and it's having Vin Diesel take his car over the Megalodon pit. That is the only reason <laughs> we're crossing over. 
It's the only reason they're doing it. I'm calling Every it. time, Chase. Why are you eating during the podcast? <laughs> I literally have an eat Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, you went very quiet, and I, I was worried for a second. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, death on public. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually glad Lost media. I wasn't here for this news, because... <laughs> I feel bad God. bringing up the Fast and the Furious to him anymore. Oh, man. Oh, man. All I can think of is when I went... J- Jeff, remember the Fast and Furious ride at Universal? Yeah, that was... That was, <laughs> was a time. It was enjoyable, oh, but, like... It's all about the family. family. Oh, dear. I'm skipping over this next bit of news because it's video game related, so I'm going to save that. Well, so is the last question. one. What? So is the last one on your list. No, this one's movie-related. And also, Good. I've got another thing after it's that. It's video-game-related, movie-related. Shut up. Just uh, go for it. Ken Penders is an asshole, but you all probably already knew that. And if you didn't I know, know that... that I don't even know who Oh, is. yeah, oh, oh boy! <laughs> Ken Penders. Yeah, so Abs- Ken Penders. Yeah. He was a writer for the yeah. Sonic Archie comic, and... He blew oh, up the Echidna mythology, introduced a bunch of different concepts and what have you, and something, something, Sonic Chronicles Dark Brotherhood happened, something, something, uh. Ken Penders sued because they were all too similar in his mind to his Echidna concepts, something, something, Archie lost their paperwork and couldn't prove that he had a work-for-hire contract, which meant that he got to keep the rights to every character he made, Something something, Sega and Archie did a big implosion of comic continuity to remove all of Ken Penner's influence. Something something, Sega decided not to renew with Archie and decided to go with IDW instead. So, the longest running comic adaptation of Sonic, arguably one of the longest running single continuations of Sonic continuity ever, ended in large part because of this asshole, who then tried to do shit like make a... Get somebody to write an evil Sonic comic, or a Scourge comic, rather, but Scourge is just an evil alternate universe counterpart of Sonic, despite not having the rights to any of the other Sonic characters. Now, he's threatening to sue Paramount, or Sega, or whoever, because, oh no, there's other echidnas in this movie, that means they stole my idea. Alright, as like, the one of the single-digit people who actually <laughs> fucking likes the Dark Brotherhood, um... The similarities are non-existent, because in the Dark Brotherhood, they're fucking, like, interdimensional space stormtrooper motherfuckers, while they're, like, savage tribals in the fucking Paramount movie, so what the fuck is no. this person I've never heard on about? No, yeah, he was I would on like about a to... comparison with his comic to the game, not the movie to the game. Oh, okay. I would like to also add... Uh, doing a little brief bit of research about this. Uh, when asked if he had any grounds for his claims, uh, his response on Twitter was, I'll let the attorneys hash that out. <laughs> he doesn't even know if he has a case! What a <laughs> He's just hoping for money! Oh, Ken Pender's at it again. I really wanted the sequel to that game. It's like, it's like Harmony Gold all over again. Ugh. If you've never played the game, it ends on a, it ends on a cliffhanger. Does it? Uh, yeah. Because the only person who doesn't follow you in to the interdimensional shit where you fuck up a bunch of, like, fascist aliens before you get to the, like, actual fascist aliens who are just making the other aliens be fascist because they're assholes. <laughs> Literally the story. <laughs> and <laughs> because Eggman has his own city in this world and you're, like, helping Gun get there, right? So you leave Eggman behind. Um, and then, like, and you predictably, beat the fuck- 
Yeah, yeah, and predictably, you come back and everything's an egg bot. And you're like, fuck. And then the game ends. <laughs> Not Man, even What a sad situation. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to... Honestly, I hope he takes it to court and gets bounced on his ass. Because... I would love to read that court case. I would absolutely love to read that 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 uh, that, that case. Uh, I would love to read it and dissect it. Can you imagine it. if it turns out that Paramount doesn't have the paperwork? <laughs> oh my god, what if... <laughs> What if uh, Paramount's, Paramount's lawyers don't have the paperwork and they completely nix all of all of the Sonic Echidna shit from like continuity ever? Yeah. Well, here's the first movie script. I guess we fucking lost it. Whoops. <laughs> uh, so in the in the last piece of news that I have that isn't gaming related, we now have the directors for Ironheart, uh, Sam Bailey and Angela Barnes, who have directed nothing that I really have seen or care much about because it's not my demographic. But, Ryan Coogler is also attached as executive producer, which gives me quite a bit more confidence for this project. Eh. Because he directed Black Panther. Which mm. was a good movie. Eh. That I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it after rewatching it a couple times. But, I mean, Ironheart is ob- obviously, you know, it's not aimed at me, but it's a character that I just do not care about. In the comics, she has not been, at least not by Bendis, written especially well. But in well, the that's grand Bendis. scheme of things, yeah, in the and in the well, he did create her, but in the grand scheme of things, all it really takes is one good run or one good adaptation, and all of a sudden, yeah, the character's fine. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's gonna be really hard to step into uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s shoes, so I don't, I don't think it's gonna like. I, I think it I helps feel... that Rhodey is still running around. Sorry, that's what I was about to Rhodey say. Rhodey is I, I don't, I don't the second think Iron Man. I think Rhodey is going to take over where Iron Man was, and he's just going to build up the other smaller Iron Men around him as kind of like the <laughs> central figure, or Iron Woman in this case, I suppose. Don Cheadle and but his like... Legion of Iron Tots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, you know, if there's one thing that makes me sad that Spider-Man is now cut off from the whole Stark side of things, it's that we're not going to get to see, I just have this image of, it's it's Morgan Stark having a tea party with Rhodey, Happy, and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just Spidey holding Bro. a dainty little teacup. <laughs> see, I don't know how attached John Favreau is to Armor Wars, but... If he's even remotely attached, I want Happy in a suit. Oh! I want Happy in like a big, beefy Hulkbuster-esque suit, dude. Do we? It think won't we're happen. Get White Vision in Armor Wars. Probably. Cataract, absolutely. Gosh, I hope he's so. he's about as close. I dare say, the entire thing might be centered around getting him uh, back in after he just kind of dipped from uh, at the end of Wandavision. He cut off to avoid paying alimony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like uh, no, a friendly reminder that Cataract slash New Vision is at large. Yeah. Yeah. No idea where he fucked off to. Mm-hmm. What a time. And I I can't think of many other characters better equipped to bring him in that would bring him in at beh- at behest of the US government. Or, or just... the world government or whatever whatever governing body is in charge of him. Yeah, it would either be Rhodey or it would probably be Falcon since they were on a. They were yeah, on I could see Falcon. Together. Mm-hmm. 
I can see Falcon appearing Captain in America. Uh, Armor Wars. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I, I do not see new Captain America tangling with Vision. Oh, no, I don't that, think, he, it, I don't think he'd have much success. I just think I'd see him yeah. trying. Yeah, I see that being a big Armor Wars team up with three or four smaller Iron Men teaming up to potentially either bring him in or uh, otherwise convince him to return. Do you think Westview Vision told Wanda, hey, the other me is still running around, maybe go look him up? I don't think there was time. I don't either. There was plenty of time when they were having that sad thing where he completely glossed over her numerous war crimes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... That's the TV show. Wanda <laughs> Vision. Uh, so what's next on the docket? What we got? Last thing I have is Kingdom Hearts. Uh, we got trailers for the finale no, of no, Dark no, Road. The, God, the I... new Missing Link game with a closed beta test in August 2022, I think it was. And then a trailer with no release date or anything for Kingdom Hearts 4. Like, I want to believe it's not Endor, and that's not an ATST, but we all know it probably is, because fucking Disney. The thing that sticks out to me, or rather that that's in my brain about this being Endor, I haven't seen the trailers, full disclosure. I haven't seen anything. I want to I wanna be as far away from Kingdom Hearts as possible at this point. Me too. Um, Good man. But Disney does not like old Star Wars. The first thing they did when they took up shop is they axed all the shows in production. They very they axed quickly all the games axed, in production. They axed all the games in production. They axed eighty percent of the canon except for the stuff they could directly control. I don't see why they would make it Endor, which, friendly reminder, after the Galactic Civil War when the Death Star blew up, it basically turned Endor into a nuclear hellscape. Yeah. It was not a survivable yeah. planet after the debris came down. That's not what episode 9 says. Episode 9 doesn't exist. So, anyway, I I, I do not see why Disney would not, would make it Endor and not Takadana or some other random new forest planet that they can completely create for this game. Instead of, because if they're, if it's set, if it is in fact set on Endor and that is in fact an ATAT. They're going back to the Galactic Civil War, which is something that Disney is desperately trying to avoid in recent canon. In I think conclusion, the last, I think... if Chewbacca lives on Endor, you must acquit. But like, <laughs> what the fuck are going to be the soulless, the heartless? Whatever. I don't. I've never. I played like probably heart, possessed like soulless or something. Game. I don't know. There's. Yeah, there's. That, a, that, there's that's, that's retarded. It is. It is but Endor, it's there's millions of corpses Teddy on that Bear planet heartless for to look like Ewoks. Bro, yeah, that's but Ewoks wouldn't be heartless. They'd be your allies. Uh, the 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 heartless can take the form of people that are your friends. Man. Yeah, uh, no, Kingdom, it, Hearts Kingdom Hearts lore is dumb. I can't wait until Disney decides to or to Square Enix decides to ruin and put the Muppets in the inside of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, the difference is that would be good, enjoyable, and most of all, funny. Probably a mini game world. <laughs> I would oh, love. Man. For Just the Muppets Kermit world, <laughs> I would love for Kermit Swamp to be the new Hundred Acre Wood. Full disclosure. <laughs> Either that or like a broken down like Broadway uh, uh, hall or something where See, it's like decrepit and old, and they're barely uh, affording to keep the lights on. Ah, the 2011 Muppets movie. 
<laughs> yeah, and like your job as Sora is to like help them get their show on the road so they can get the funding to actually become a Broadway troupe. I nice. feel like that would be a great story. That would be actually pretty good. Um, uh, Square Enix, I, I am available for uh, for uh, uh, roles if you want to hit me up. I can maybe write you up. Our Yay! Hey guys, we got our new level, Frozen 2. <laughs> yeah. Incredibles 2. The thing I'm most afraid of when it comes to uh, the potential for Star Wars and Kingdom Hearts 4 isn't even Star Wars. I'm afraid of what's going to happen when they start putting Marvel in this fucking game. I know, that's <laughs> the first thing I went to. It's going to no. be Sora bumping fist with Iron Man. Ugh. Cody, you're safe. It won't be the MCU. It'll be the, the Square Enix games. No, you're fine. It's be... fine. The MCU is just free real estate for them to keep coming back to that well over and over again, because as long as the MCU is still going, which is going to be for a while yet, they've got free content. Uh, I'm just saying, A Car's World would be the ultimate pod. Plus, I would love Sora Car. One level <laughs> deeper than Marvel. Imagine what happens if they take advantage of this being a completely different reality to bring in the live-action Disney remakes. Oh no! Yeah, fear, or, fear, or fear, or because fear. Dis- Disney fear. now owns all Fox properties, we can get them with Alien. Oh god, Alien! <laughs> That's terrible. Like Alien and no. Hearts. no, have you seen the? F- have you seen how they fucking ruined it with Prometheus? Can we get Cub- Predator no. as a bonus boss? I don't. I heard your first podcast, and I knew you were talking about me. The one with the Alien yeah. show. Yeah, we were. <laughs> Fuck! I'm gonna hate uh, it. Alien movie. <laughs> Fuck, I'm gonna hate it. <laughs> um, but, but, like... Yeah. No, I also don't like how hyper-realistic Sora looks. I'm sure it's just a function of the world that he's in, because Donald and Goofy still look super cartoonish, but... What world are they in? Freaking Star Wars? Kenojo? No, okay, so, at the end of... <laughs> oh, boy, I hate that I have to explain this. At the end of <laughs> Kingdom Hearts' Melody of Memory, it turns out that Sora has ended up in a world called quadratum which is latin for square ha ha oh i hate oh, it oh so they they brought him into house party no now no, he can they share brought him into two raider and doja cat a world that in the uh, by description of ansem the wise who is describing it in purely hypothetical terms exists in neither light darkness in between memories data or dreams it is a world of unreality a fictional world so he went to the real world that's my guess. My guess is that the Kingdom Hearts world, as we know it, is some kind of simulation or fake world, and Sora's in the actual world. Bro, I can't but... wait for the Chicken Little crossover. Wait, wait a second here. So then how did 3 end, if this isn't even oh, a Sora 3 ending? Oh, Sora rewrote himself out of this reality. This is Kingdom Hearts 4. <laughs> you just casually said that? Yeah. What? The, what? what the fuck? What? I, I really want... I thought this was just Disney characters, and you hit no, things with the No, it was, guys? and then it got complicated, <laughs> because what happened was, there was supposed to be a Keyblade War between the Seven Lights and the Thirteen Darknesses, and then the Seven Lights got their asses kicked, and Sora went back in time and used the power of waking to save everybody, but there was meant to be dire consequences, and then Kyrie got, got fucking fridged one last time, and Sora's like, I gotta go save her, and it's like, bitch, you already on thin reality ice, don't you go fucking with this one more time, I'm gonna! And then he goes back in time, and he saves Kyrie and then he just blips out of reality and it turns out apparently he's in random video game world from Toy Story which is apparently actual reality what? I I really wanted to begin <laughs> with him waking up in Nomura's apartment I would say it makes sense <laughs> in context but it doesn't look all I remember about Kingdom Hearts is that I spent an hour on this 
fucking beach. And then, like, these things attack me, and I'm like, oh no, things attack me. And then I get to Monstro, and then I get lost in Monstro, and then I get angry. And, <laughs> and then, then I run out of bullets, water, and then I get dance. dance, water, dance. Oh, dear. Dance, water, so, dance. Uh, dance, water, dance. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> I have a bunch of other Get Video Game news stories to add in. Oh, boy. This We're going to hit a you. a long episode. This I is because we got a lot of like we got a lot of news stories to cover. Still got so skip much the topic more to cover. this time and save it for next week. That's fine with me. What's the topic? No. Sonic? No, 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 no. We're keeping the uh, review. We're keeping the review in. Okay. Uh, so, um, Sony, uh, Sony, <laughs> Sony, oh and Lego have invested two billion dollars in Epic Games to create the metaverse. Oh. I hate this reality. So. So not only to go jump into a random video game reality from Toy Story. Take not take. Can we just get a Minecraft with Legos. Um, so Epic Fortnite. Epic has also partnered completely with Lego. So uh, that means probably all future Lego games are probably going to end up being Epic Games exclusives, which sucks. Oh, um, I do too because everything uh, has to be a, a an exclusive on an, on, an, on another. Uh, Another platform, but what that also means is that Sony is helping to fund uh, the essentially their version of the metaverse, which they're trying to base because Fortnite is essentially already a metaverse. They're trying to build Fortnite and, to a lesser extent, all of their other things into this weird metaverse crap that is very confusing and kind of conceptual right now but with that you know with the acquisition of lego they now have um you know lego batman lego star wars all the other stuff obviously they don't have you know disney or warner brothers ips but they have you know those games that they can put on their store and put, lock them out of exclus exclusivity for any future releases which sucks see i uh, as someone who's following the metaverse because as a concept, the, 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 the business CEO version of the metaverse, as they keep trying to sell it to us, where you can be playing a game, earn an item in that game, and take it with you into the virtual world and potentially even into other games, that doesn't fucking work. That is as far, that is as close to snake oil as you can get without milking the snake. <laughs> so, when Fortnite tells me that they are trying to make it, I can see it. I can see that working. Because, like you said, Fortnite is already basically a metaverse. I can right. have Sasuke Uchiha 360 no-scope uh, Ronald McDonald right now in Fortnite if I want, and then default dance on his corpse. While <laughs> listening to Marshmallow live, in, live on while, concert. While, while, while attending a Travis Scott concert. That like, you won't get trampled over. <laughs> that you won't get trampled at, which is the, which is the best part. Like, it didn't, I, I hated the concept of everything I knew and loved being sucked into the void that is Fortnite, like it's the ending of season 10. Um, but now, looking back on the game and, like, all their seasonal events and everything, I'm really sad I wasn't there for it. I'm not gonna lie. So, now you're telling me I can play as Benny the Space, uh, the space Astronaut? In Fortnite, potentially. Spaceship! And potentially even whatever Second Life clone Epic starts trying to force on everybody. Spaceship! That may or may not have... Yeah, Spaceship. That may or may <laughs> not have assets taken directly from Fortnite. That actually sounds like it could be a pretty... I dare say it might even blow up bigger than Fortnite did. Because VR chat, for what it is, is still doing well. For no apparent reason. 
Second Life, for being what it was, is still a thing that people play for no apparent reason. You look at Roblox. Roblox is huge. Roblox is as close to the metaverse as we're going to get. And the only problem with it is that it's incredibly predatory and preys on oh, uh, eight-year-olds with their parents' credit cards. It's about to get even worse. Apparently, they're, try- they're, they're trying to build a metaverse where millions of people can gather and work in the virtual economy that is entirely fueled by Robux. I hate this timeline we live in. Please. <laughs> I'm on Epic's side at this point. Hearing that news, please. At where do I buy? Where do I buy V-Bucks? Where do I buy V Bucks? I'm At not going to spend. Sonic Two was good. Sonic you guys want to hear so some? Good. Oh my god! You might as well want to hear some weird acquisition news. Oh no! Yeah, go for it. But hit me. Oh, the Saudi prince Mohammed bin Salman yes! owns ninety six percent of S and K. Ninety six. Yes. What? Yes. He has bought ninety six percent of the company's assets. Maybe, maybe King of Fighters sixteen will actually be. Worth the money. No, yeah. because all the female characters will be removed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, for showing probably, ankle. Nah, he'd probably have them less Because, <laughs> no, no, they reduced, they reduced King's chest, and I was upset. SNK was upset. is no he longer girl for away from boys me. and girls. Uh, but yes, that's just, it's just very interesting that the, it's, the it's, crown prince of Saudi Arabia owns 96% of the SNK's assets. I, with, with how with how ridiculously crush on with how ridiculously wealthy the oil the the Arabian oil barons are, I was wondering how long that would be until one of them took an interest in the video game industry, and I guess here we are. Yeah, S and K of all things. So hopefully, maybe maybe the crown prince of Saudi is going to do something with them. Like I I have high hopes. I love SNK. What, what makes it's probably my favorite Japanese. I, I, love I just want to know too. why only ninety six. Why not the full hundo? I, <laughs> like what is that four percent? I don't actually know. I think that you know the the, the other four percent was. Let me see. Uh, I'm reading the. I'm like skimming. Basically, skim, skim reading the article. Skim reading the article. Yeah. The nation's public investment fund has been used to invest stakes in more than 5% in both Capcom and Nexon as well. What the fuck is this, this society? Bro. Oh I my think god. Esports are going to be the next form of warfare. Is there oh my god. Is that isn't depressing? But the next piece of news I have isn't super depressing. It's kind of cool. I'll take it. Is it Bugs Next 3? Remedy Entertainment has entered an agreement with Rockstar to do a complete remake of Max Payne 1 and 2. Oh. Ooh. Boy, if Rockstar could just well, you know, no, they're too busy. They're too busy selling shark cards to eight-year-olds with their parents' credit card. <laughs> no, they're still too busy selling Again. Grand Theft Auto. For those no, no, of you who they're do not, selling the mobile ports of GTA Three now. Like you think Skyrim, you think Todd Howard and Skyrim have the whole buy our game, but fucking GTA Five be like, hey. For those of you who online. aren't familiar with Max Payne, I think everyone here is, but for everyone at home who isn't, Max Payne is uh, a pivotal like third-person shooter. It added the bullet time effects pretty much right after the Matrix got like came out. So it was like mm-hmm. it was one of the first games to use bullet time, uh, and it used it real well. Um, and it also had this edgy, you know, former beat cop kind of uh, fighting the mob kind of story. Uh, it's very great. I, I recommend everybody pick up a copy, but I'm really interested to see what Rockstar is going to do with the remake. Because Rockstar, they are genuinely one of the better game companies when it comes to... I, I shouldn't say about about remakes, because we all know what happened with Grand Theft Auto with the remakes. Um, <laughs> the re-releases. 
Well, it wasn't wasn't three just a licensing issue? No, no it no, was the no. mobile ports being sold as full remakes. Yes, <laughs> they ported the mobile ports ah, over. They, and yeah, oh boy, are they rough. in a in, in in an engine that barely worked half the time, and they didn't even they, they didn't even take out unlicensed content. The content was still in the game, which it's a miracle they did not get sued into the water for that. Oh boy, but regardless, especially with Ender's working for them. Well, especially with how the media industry is, or the music industry rather, uh, is with licensing and uh, copyright and all that stuff. Yeah, these these are full remakes, so you know I think that they're completely reimagining the games. Honestly, the games are old enough that they're probably they're probably due for a re- for, for a remake. So I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do with it. I am excited to see what they will do with the technology we have uh, in the current era instead of what we had back then, like. It it's it's not even the same world. I'd say it may be um maybe it's going to be groundbreaking for sure. Yeah. But oh yeah. That's it for maybe even Half Life level. Let's just hope it's not directed by Nidro. <laughs> oh, I don't no. think he'll be. I don't think he'll be anywhere near that. So new releases for this week. Before we move on to the uh, the review, I guess we got Thirteen Sentinels Aegis Run for the Switch, which I looked it up, and it's a weird two D RTS. It's hybrid 2D game. RTS. So it's very bizarre. It's a, it's an Atlas game where you um I think it's like a visual novel until you fight you, you basically are in the middle of this war between mechs and kaiju. It's weird. So Pacific Rim. Yeah, it's what? like Pacific Rim from the ground. Huh. Why uh, have I not been following this? Cuz I see cute anime girls, giant robots and RTS you like this hello? Is Atlas? This is an Atlas game. Yeah, huh. got it right on the cover. It 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 came out like it came I out like, like three years ago. Girls. Atlas makes so many obscure properties that you know it doesn't surprise me. So, um, I'm looking at you under the knife, trauma team, <laughs> a trauma center. The only downside um, is it's on a switch. Don't starve together is getting ported to the switch. Okay. I mean that's gonna probably do well. Cat Cafe Manager. It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Comes out you know on the Switch and PC on the fourteenth. Nobody saves the world, which actually looks pretty fun. Uh, although it's a, I think it's a PlayStation exclu- PlayStation and Switch exclusive. It's not coming to Xbox or PC. It it looks like a cool little like um Diablo esque. Uh, what do you call those games? ARPG. Isometric. Yeah, an isometric ARPG. And then Road 96, which is a procedurally generated road trip experience. Oh, dear. It's, it's like a narrative game, but it's procedurally generated. And uh, that's coming out on all major consoles and PC. The Stanley um, Road Trip. But will it have steering wheel support? At the end of the week. And yeah, the Stanley, the Stanley Road Trip. Some other, you know, we also got an announcement of uh, Return to Monkey Island. You know, that, that yes. got, you know, Woo! announced earlier this uh this week. So that's going to be it. I think that was last week it got announced, but still, whatever. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with another M- Monkey Island, because Monkey Island's great. And then lastly, this week in gaming history, my last part, major events that happened. Uh, 32 years ago, we got Bonk's Adventure on the TurboGrafx-16. Nice, nice. 14 years ago, we got Mario Kart on uh, Mario Kart Wii in Japan. Okay. Tomb right. uh, Raider Legends came out 16 years ago this week. The Super Nintendo launched 30 years ago this week. All right. We got Banjo Tooie 21 cool. years ago for European uh, listeners. Uh, Old enough to drink. Happy birthday. Dark Souls 3 came out six years ago this week. It does not feel like it's been that short of amount of time. Yeah, this one feels one's a- like it's been 10 years. 
This yeah. one is yeah, a man. big one-two here. Link to the Past is 30 years old this week. I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, 30... I don't believe you. Nintendo hasn't said a word about it. It has. They haven't said a single word about it, but it came out on April 13th, uh, 1992. So. To be fair, Nintendo usually only bothers with franchise anniversaries and not with individual game release anniversaries. I would argue that the that a game release is an anniversary for the franchise. I mean, Link to, Link to the Past is one of like the pivotal like games for the whole mm-hmm. console, so oh, I mean, no, it's I'm, kind of an important game. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I'm just saying, typically speaking, that ain't how Nintendo roll. That's fair. 21 years ago uh, this week, we got Metal Slug X for the PlayStation. Good. Going back to SNK News. Golden Sun Lost Age came out 19 years ago on the Game Boy, Boy Advance. Seven years ago, we got the PC launch of Grand Theft Auto. Five. 63 years ago, we got the no. birth of Tadashi Sugiyama, <laughs> who is a designer for Nintendo, uh, most known for creating Nana and Popo for the ice climb, the, basically ice climbers. He also worked on Luigi's Mansion, the original like uh, ports for Pilot Wings, SimCity, Mario Kart. He was a coder for Nintendo that now is like one of the big wigs. So okay, see, I thought you were gonna say a game came out sixty three years ago, and I was about to say no fucking way. <laughs> I mean, that's nineteen sixty. They were making games back then. Well, forty four years games like ago, you or me know them. On nineteen on on uh, April sixteenth, nineteen seventy eight, we got the Bali Professional Arcade, which is one of the most obscure consoles of all time. It's a second generation console. Came out uh, right around the same time that the Atari twenty six hundred came out. My God. It's very, 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 very obscure. It's like it's basically like a contender for the ColecoVision. It's like a one controller. The controller looks like it's a. It looks like uh like like a grip of a revolver with a little knob on the top of it. It's Good weird. God. This thing looks like you. This controller looks like you would activate it to light your cigarette. Yeah, that's entirely what it looks like. And then you it, would use the console <laughs> slot as the ashtray. It's <laughs> about all it's good for now. <laughs> Um, it's a very obscure console. I didn't really know anything about it till I did a little bit of research about it, but it, it was a second-generation console. And I guess the last big piece of news, 20 years ago this week, Spider-Man for the GameCube, PlayStation 2, and Xbox came out. Damn. I remember that game. I remember playing the, I remember playing uh, the demo at Walmart. When you <laughs> Those were the days, man. I remember Back that when the game GameCube fondly. display gave you neck problems. They had, to, they had to mount the screens way up on the top of the shelves so you could still get the, all the games. So you... Eight-year-old you would be sitting there straight 90 degrees looking up. What a time. Bro. What a time we live in. We live in a world where... uh, Kids these days don't get it. They just get the Switch controllers wirelessly with, like, little dongles on them. They got got the 40-inch screen. Yeah, like, they would have... And they would have the Game Boy Advance. Mm -hmm, Like, the old mm -hmm. Game Boy Advance bolted in. And you could just play the little demo. That's all... Like... That's all I have for game news, though. Damn, son. Nice. All right, so before we do the review, I want to do another plug for Obligapod. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Make sure to check them out. And I'm not just saying that because I happen to be in the most recent episode, RPG but Gangsta. But that is a reason. It's just not the only reason. I still need to listen to it. I will do it. I need to support my co-host. Woo! I'm a podcast girl in a podcast world. Yeah. My life is podcast. It's a podcast. Regardless. Sonic Two. Thank you, Sonic Two. Let's 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 go. Okay, so let's start with no spoilers. Okay, this movie is good. It's excellent. I everyone go see it. This is a good movie. (laughs) I give it a seven point. Really, I rated a perfect five out of seven. You know, 
I give it a I give it a nine out of ten on the phenomenon, and I give it like a six point five on the kilometer. Yeah, I'll bump it up. I give it an eighty five percent. I do have I do I I do have some. I, I love how all of us have different ratings. I feel like. <laughs> It's, well, yeah. It's still a great movie, and I wanted to watch it twice, and I kind of want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I've already like seen it twice, times. so obviously I like it. I feel like the thing though is that for me, this movie is—it's kind of like the best comparison I have is the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I think the first Guardians of the Galaxy is technically a better movie, just in terms of structure not having as many plot holes, not having as many jokes fall flat. Guardians 2 is a lot more uneven, but I like it a lot more, and I'll watch it more, and I'll quote it more, probably. Sonic 2 is that, and it's way more uneven than Guardians 2 is to Guardians 1. There is one scene in this movie that absolutely, if it was a slightly worse movie, I think, probably would have derailed the whole thing. But, it's (laughs) just... It's such a good, fun experience otherwise that I can look past that one really atrocious scene. And it's just, ah, it's so funny. It feels more like a Sonic movie than the first one. It's just, ah, I like it. Let's just go straight into spoilers at this point. Well, the difference is is that in the first one, it was just Sonic as Sonic. But but we get... get we get Sonic with his buddies, which is how we've always known Sonic. Right. Yeah. The like first... in all the games, Sonic has his buddies, but he's alone in the first movie, and he feels he feels much more natural because of Tails and Knuckles. He's got people to play off of that aren't just James. James Marcus. Yeah. This, this is Tom. <laughs> now that now that the exposition is out of the way, now we can have fun with it. We've eaten our vegetables. That means it's time for dessert. Will there be grapes? No. But no, I think it it's definitely the first movie was more of a yeah, it's a Hollywood idea of what people want out of a Sonic movie and once they realized that people were actually going to go see it and actively wanted more of the stuff from the games, they were like okay, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. You you can tell the people who made this cared about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, they had a lot of fun with like, there, there, Like, there were more obvious references, and then there were more subtle references, but, like, you could tell they, they dipped into different... They went deeper down the iceberg. I'm so glad. areas. I'm so glad we bullied an entire studio into redoing all their work. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, no, look, look, bullying's bad. Uh, have you seen the Sonic movies? Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> like, we would not have gotten Sonic 2 if that had stuck around. The only uh, great yes. loss was that we did not we did not get Gangster's Paradise back. That is the only great that loss. That should have been when Knuckles that showed have... up. Oh god. Yes. Imagine an unedited Tails. Oh. Oh god. It, also... I can only picture that stupid doll. <laughs> yeah, right? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the horribly taxidermized fox. Yeah. <laughs> I got at least one more non-spoiler observation. Idris Elba is a phenomenal Knuckles. And yes, should, he, he is. should be in everything. <laughs> Knuckles is just phenomenally written in general. I did not know we were getting a Knuckles series until we were sitting in the theater afterwards and uh, Jeff and Cody started talking about it. And I cannot wait. I can't I wait. Never have I known I wanted something before knowing it existed. Don't worry, like, Chase. I'm going to get Paramount Plus for that one. I I think I might still have my. 
reduce trial up when it comes out. Maybe I'm not sure. We'll see. Plus the plus the Knuckles series is a perfect introduction point for characters like Rouge and I agree. And Chaotix. Team Chaotix. Yeah, Team Chaotix. Please I make it happen. honestly want more of the Sonic Boom cast in here. Give us Tikal. Give us uh, Tikal's not um, from Sonic Boom. Yeah, yeah. You're, uh, Sticks I'm trying to remember the other one's name. Sticks. Thank you. Sorry. I've been uh, rewatching Sonic Boom, and uh, Sticks is a wonderful character, and I love her. Whom do I speak to about this meme? Approved. <laughs> so let's go straight into spoiler talks then. Straight into spoiler. That wedding scene is atrocious. Yeah, it should have been removed. Scene. Yeah, it it shouldn't have been as long. Like the second the ring gag was pretty ugh. Like when he when he played the trick on when he was playing the trick on his you could see where it's like, going. Uh, you you immediately yeah, like, know what's uh, happening. God. Yeah, like I I I like how they introduced gun at it because it was you know, I thought it was funny, but like we got gun finally, but like fuck man. I think the biggest problem I have with it is. You can tell they put it in... They didn't put it in to introduce Gun. You can tell they put it in because they wanted to give Maddie and also kind of Rachel something to do in the movie other than just stand there and be a supportive parental figure to Sonic. And I respect that. The problem is... There are a bunch of better ways you could have gone about it because this setup is stupid. You're telling me that in order to flush out Sonic... Gun decided to set up a multiple months operation of sending somebody to fall in love with Maddie's sister who lives in a completely different state, all for the sake of staging a fake wedding full of all of their agents that Sonic was not invited to and did not show <laughs> up to and wouldn't have shown up to if it wasn't for Robotnik's untimely return and intervention. Why didn't you just have somebody move into Green Hills, you know, where your actual goddamn target is? This was just... Ah, it's so stupid. I also feel they could have cut most scenes with Wade. Like, I like Wade, but, like, they were completely unnecessary. No, I like the no, bagel w- bit. Wade, Wade needed to be there. The bagel Wade bit needed, needed to, to stay. I, the bagel bit was great. I, I have to disagree on that. I did not enjoy the bagel bit. I'm so sorry. I feel like the bagel bit needed to stay, and at the very least, we didn't need we didn't need the whole "is that your dad" bit, but we did need the "welcome to the Wade Cave" is something I hope we... to someday say to a woman. <laughs> and we definitely didn't need the Ghostbuster Marshmallow Man references. That was yeah, that wasn't super no, funny. That was that was bad. Yeah, I laughed. I laughed. I'll be I'm man enough to admit it. So, Chase. How'd you feel about the scene that, you know, I think you can assume everybody thought was for you? Oh my gosh. So, hear me out. <laughs> I assume you mean Ivodka, I think yeah, is what Ivodka. it is. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> at first, I thought the scene was incredibly cringe. Um, the, the Katyusha dancing is by far one of the highlights of the movie. And then we get on town funk and flossing. I do not understand. Go, uh, Piggy, going back to Cody's mention of highs and lows in a movie, that is definitely one of them. I feel like if this was an actual little literal roller coaster, I would have lip. I would have whiplash. <laughs> however, however, I would happily take the entirety of the screen time of the wedding action sequence. And turn it into more Ivodka. <laughs> like that is a chance. That is that is that is something I like. Please, 
I would have much rather that been like a, a best five out of seven than have to watch whatever the fuck that sequence was. Holy shit. How about Supersonic? It was a, I was literally screaming when he when Supersonic uh, happened. Yeah, but at the same time, we didn't get Chaos Control. No, we did. Robotnik did it. Well, yeah, but that's not who we wanted to see do it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I wanted fair, to see Shadow, Shadow do it, but Shadow's not in the first. movie. Yeah. Uh, Chaos, well, control is, Chaos, Chaos Control is Chaos Control. No, Shadow invented Chaos Control. Well, Shadow's the first person yeah, no. to use Chaos Control. Sonic yeah. learned it from ah. him. Me. I learned it from watching you! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, if there's Chaos Powers, odds are Shadow's the one doing it. But yeah. I do like Supersonic. I enjoy that coming off the idea that the Chaos well, the Master Emerald and the Chaos Emeralds turn thoughts into reality. That means that Supersonic is not just super strong and super fast, but he's basically a reality warper who can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. It basically it makes it feel a lot like a Looney Tunes character, just empowered by God. I, I really liked the dynamic between Eggman with the Chaos Power and Sonic with the Chaos Power. Because it's it's Eggman, obviously, if thoughts are power, it's terrifying because not only does he have a lot of thoughts, he has a lot of really big thoughts. Right. But the contrast of Sonic is not that smart, but holy crap, is his mind just on a completely different level when it comes to speed. Gotta go fast. You gotta go fast. I also just really like Robotnik and Sonic's interactions in general in this, because they- It felt more straight from the game. They didn't get a lot of time in the first movie to really play off of each other, but here they do, and you- it's, it's, It's an interesting thing of, you don't usually get- something where both the hero and the bad guy are both variations on snarky assholes who don't know when to shut up. Mm-hmm. Something I, I, I want to say, speaking about Robotnik, in the ending scene of Sonic 1, when he started doing the shouting and it sounded just like Robotnik, I was mm-hmm. very excited because, you know, that's, oh man, that's the new voice. They got the voice. Oh, we finally got the voice. And then he comes back and it's just back to Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. which... Not to discredit his performance whatsoever. Jim Carrey is a phenomenal actor, and he has absolutely knocked it out of the park uh, with Dr. Eggman. Um, I don't know. Mild disappointment on my part. I mean, if you notice, when he was in the uh, in his Eggbot, uh, the voice did go back oh, yeah. to the uh, yeah, Eggman. Yeah, it had the... Yo, we got the, the Eggmobile. had the modulation for it. We got the Eggmobile. We, we got an Eggbot. We got the Robot Wasps. Like, uh, it, it's just... it, it This was a robot movie. Uh, the movie confirmed Robotnik uses Rank 10 machines. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and has a uh, Genesis yes. instruction manual for it. That was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. Yo, I, I just want to say one thing. The set design, whoever designed the sets for this movie, good job. You, you did not it. get paid enough for how good a job you did. <laughs> yes. It legitimately felt like almost all of the sets other than obviously, like, it yeah. felt like a Sonic, like Sonic levels. Yeah. Like, I think it felt mm-hmm. like a Sonic level yeah. that is spitting straight facts. Me, me and Jeff were like sitting here like the entire movie looking at like, holy shit, this literally just feels like we're watching a Sonic Let's Play. Like, like, like it's that, great. The Big Temple was by far one of the, because like, it's one of those things where I don't know if there's a temple in a Sonic game. I've, I've only played a couple of Sonic games <laughs> for like maybe five hours each. There's but, several. like, I think the only Sonic game I've played to completion is Sonic 06, so that should tell you how big of a Sonic fan I am. Oh but boy. I straight up took one look at that temple, and I went, yeah, it's a Sonic thing. That's a thing. <laughs> I just want to Absolutely. appreciate... No doubt. You know, you know the final 20 minutes was, like, just... just They were just making love with Sonic That heroes. was Sonic. It was that amazing. Was Sonic. That was like, Sonic. Yeah. No, like, 
like the last twenty minutes where they're all mm-hmm. like doing those moves together. That's that's fucking yeah. Sonic Heroes. Oh, yeah. And I was hard. We'll show that creep the mm-hmm. real superpower of teamwork. Like, I'm so glad they didn't say that, but the spirit was there. I I, I could feel Escape from the City. I, I could like, he- I could just, hear Sonic Heroes I, in my head. Yeah, like the the crucial lack of Crush Forty is the only thing I would change about this movie. Aside there needs from to be more Crush Forty. I could sequence. use more. I could use more Sonic music, or at least remix versions of Sonic music, because if we're going Sonic Heroes for this, which it is very much what that last battle scene felt like, I just imagine if the Egg Fleet theme had started playing, and it just goes, oh except like orchestrated, so it's like <sighs> bum 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 bum. Get a uh, Tommy Prophet or Zwei out here and have them just start doing remixes. Like just on. just in like Sonic you're, 4, you're... can we get like the Egg Carrier? Your sound editing in these movies has been so off the charts. You got the classic ring sound. You got the Chaos Emerald sounds. Like it, it's it. It feels like I'm playing the game. I was completely uninjured, and, just... and my vengeance will come when you least expect it, Fox. Yeah, they even got the like, ball. They even got ball mode sounds right. Like everything about this movie reeks of Sonic, aside from a couple scenes here and there, and the only thing really missing from it is the music we know and love, which uh, you got you got some royalties in there, I get it, you gotta appeal to the ha-ha funny Zoomer Fortnite dance crowd, but like, you know, just a little bit here and there. I don't, I don't, I don't recall hearing anything aside from maybe the main Sonic theme in there somewhere, but like... Yeah, Green Hills did- is Tom's ringtone, but... I yeah, really, that's that's what it was. I really wish that Crush Forty toured. I'm just gonna say that. Mm. Like, uh, one thing that I another big thing I did have against the movie is that. Well, I should say two things. They kind of go together. Is that I I feel like this isn't going to be a timeless movie because the pop culture references do mm-hmm. become insufferable mm-hmm. at points, and I do feel like the jokes fell flatter much more often in this movie but the ones that slapped did slap harder than they did in the first a lot of it being knuckles just tiny magic hedgehog destroyed high uh, high highs and lows in a movie are not a bad thing because you have the it's like dipping your hand in warm water yeah it's warm you feel it's warm but if you dip your hand in cold water and then dip your hand in hot water the 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 change is much more drastic and you and you're going to notice it mm. a movie with highs and lows will get more reactions out of you than a movie that is just consistently good or consistently average or okay um th- that said i agree this movie is dated we have yeah. uptown funk we have and uptown Vine funk Means. isn't even we a have... that that's dated already it's not Honestly, even, it's like yeah. the winter like the winter soldier joke fell that one right there it was horrible <laughs> yeah. like all it was these, funny to me all these topical things like yeah the floss dance is probably going to stay around but like uh, i don't it, it feels it head, feels like, like a gex gex bit it like, really did feel like gex, a gex if you know gex it, and robotnik especially fell flat much much harder in this movie but the ones that didn't the ones that hit hit super hard so it really made up for it, but like when when Robotnik, there, I feel like there was no balance for Robotnik in this one. He was either just really hitting hard, or he was just completely. Robotnik flat. does better when he's doing puns instead of yeah, 
topical references yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, just the entire it, it, mushroom it, it, bit with the Portobello Purgatory and this shit-talky planet! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Or, like, when they bring it back up again for a slight gag, it's like, need more mushroom. I was just fucking dying. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm willing to excuse Eggman's um, eccentricities in this movie because he is unhinged. He is legitimately unhinged. I mean, he was sitting there doing his own castaway gag for a bit. For 243 days. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I don't think I could go a week without seeing another person before immediately wanting to blow my own brains out. Uh, content warning for I, people who uh, were, uh, uh, are allergic to that. Um, but, like, the man is very clearly not well. So I would not expect him to be consistently funny all the time, truthfully. And I'm willing to excuse him. that in this case because, again, he's unhinged. It's... Uh, uh, He's gonna be. He's he's a walking pendulum. I do like how even with ultimate power, he still keeps Stone around. And I know ultimately it's most likely just because Stone is sycophantically obsessed with his genius and gives him the validation mm-hmm. that he needs. That that's what I love. But it's also nice to see that he doesn't immediately turn on the most loyal flunky he has, even though he theoretically has no use for him anymore. Mm-hmm. I I absolutely love that character and what they did with him. It was a lot less cringe than I that I than I thought it was gonna be. Where are you, be doctor? You. Just making just making his face <laughs> with the phone. Latte art. Oh my god! Freak. Freak. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <sighs> so, Great movie. do we think that his restaurant actually has an A rating, and the F minus is just for when he needs to close up shop, or does his restaurant actually yes. have an F minus, and the A is just for the front of normalcy? Stone, uh, look at the amount of love and care Stone put into making coffee. That man absolutely could run a restaurant by himself. Yeah. He has the dedication and the will to do so. That's also, uh, also, it looks like the town actually, like, it, like everyone in the town seems to go there. So It is like, kind of weird Wade was that genuinely surprised to see it was closed. Well, they well, didn't really I know mean, Stone. Yeah, that was where Eggman disappeared. True. Yeah, no, like, they didn't really encounter Stone. It was more of just more or less just Eggman. Like, see, mm-hmm. that would be the perfect example of why Gunn should have set up in Green Hills. Not only is Sonic there, but the government knows about Stone, so Eggman's lackey just happens to be hanging around in the same place as this alien that we're trying to keep a hold of. Should have just had an agent set up in Green Hills. If Stone can do yeah. it. I-, I do feel like the wedding scene could have been removed. They could they- removed, and like they could have cut like 20 minutes out of the movie. While like probably changing it ten minutes to like some other fan service, yeah, because because like when Robotnik comes out of the pod and he's just in his fucking trench coat, and then the the oh, so the, the eggmobile thing comes down, I'm just like, bro, there it is, it's great. You think these machines Screenshot, can defeat uh, uh, me? Wallpaper right there. I will shatter them all like the I bones was... of oh, they are stairs. <laughs> Knuckles was my one big concern going into this movie. I want to make it clear, I am a very large proponent of the Ugandan Knuckles meme, <laughs> and while I would have liked more in relation to that, they have done a great job in bridging what Knuckles is. Like, it is, because Knuckles is a character that has undergone many revisions throughout uh, the history of Sonic. Sonic is always the ha-ha, funny, go-fast, wisecracking snarkster. Tails is always, is, 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 
always Sonic's best buddy, but it goes between obsession and just general friendliness. And slash being he a has his own things outside of, of Sonic. Recent stuff. Yeah. Exactly. But Knuckles, Knuckles has been the edgy tryhard that is the, he, he has been the Vegeta character, he has <laughs> been the dumb comic relief, he has been Rick as himself. Like <laughs> He's been the Vegeta, he's been the Piccolo, he's been the Yamcha. He's been the Krillin, like he's he's been just about every trope there is. Um, and I I am very pleased with this incarnation of Knuckles. It's like, it, it they have... He was very well written. I I'd say this is as quintessentially condensed you can make knuckles as it as it as it gets honestly. Right, and now we're getting and a I, whole I season to, to to flush it out even more. Ugh, I can't exactly. wait. I'm so excited. Like, I, what I, what video game franchise can say they've done a two out of two out of a major Hollywood movie? None. Well, like none. Literally none. Uh, are we? Most video game franchises don't get two movies. Oh yeah, we're we. I know because the. I mean, we're you said Hollywood, we got, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That rules out. That rules out early Pokemon. So, but regardless, yeah, early poke early Pokemon were made by Japanese. Yeah, that's why I said that better rules track. Them out. Yeah, that's why it rules it out. Yeah, well, Japanese studios typically have a. Uh, I'm talking about like the live action. Yes, I know. That's why I said those yeah, don't count. Yeah. That... Plus, Japanese studios tend to have more respect for their properties. Detective Pikachu was I, but we're not getting Detective Pikachu too. So, uh, the the Resident I, Evil movies are pretty bad, so I can't yeah. say those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, most most franchises don't get a movie because most franchises don't work at movies, and Hollywood, or at the very least, the people who could make those work understand that it probably shouldn't be attempted. Yeah, Uncharted video yeah, games, but, but tell video that games Hollywood because the, they they ran what? Um, I would. Netflix Un- Uncharted, yeah. yeah, like Tomb Raider. I think they just recently did Uncharted. Like, I can't weigh in on Uncharted because it seems like some people like that one. Imagine See, just... fucking up. Imagine fucking up Assassin's Creed when huh. you can literally just pick oh, any God. any age and not ruin it, but they still managed a way to find out find a way to fucking ruin it, like for for people who didn't go see Assassin's Creed with me in theaters. There was a point in the movie, and I don't remember what point anymore because I don't remember anything about that movie, but I was so <laughs> bored that I discovered the theater I was seeing it in, the armrests on the seats have, like, weird covers with Velcro, and the reason I figured this out is because at one point during the movie, I was dedicated to trying to peel back the Velcro as quietly as possible because I was like, whatever's under here, it has to be more exciting than what I'm watching on the movie screen. <laughs> the thing that sticks out, or the thing that I think is the reason a lot of Hollywood writers and directors don't get video games right is because they... They try to bridge the gap between what is existing and what has been shown in the video game. They take the characters and they try to put their own mark on the character because everyone wants to be like, ah, yes, this was, this was, um, I can't think of anything. This, is, this is George Lucas's interpretation. Sonic the yeah, Hedgehog. Yeah, this, yeah th- this is my version of the character and that's not what fans of the games and the stories that we know and love want. And that's what uh, I'm worried I about like the Marvel the, the Mario movies for. Uh, this I could I already I have could, no hope because of the casting. We we get this now with uh, I hate to bring up the Halo show again, but because <laughs> like 
most video game characters don't have a lot of personality because you're supposed to put your own personality on the character. Yeah. Right. Um, they exist as basically just avatars, vessels for us to inhabit and experience this world in. So when you take this, these characters who, in some cases, like Halo or Destiny or uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, have existing canon outside of games to say explicitly, this is how this happened, this is what happens, this is who this character is. Uh, but for a character that doesn't have those things... Like I, I from Super it, Monkey Ball. For Super Monkey Ball, exactly. They make a character do something, and a, and a million fans get up, point on the screen, and shout, that's not how that works. That's not how uh, Bumgo Scrumgus would do this. <laughs> this is a terrible thing. Bumgo um, Scrumgus. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to think of the Smash fan polls. Oh, boy. Um, Oh, Scrimblow oh, so Bimblow. Scrimblow Bimblow, thank God you. God forbid they um, make a... a, a, a I, 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 I disagree with that, because characters like Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles do have personalities that are right. not based on the character. Well, not based on the player. Right. Like, I, John I, Halo, I, I can understand. I, I was about to get know. to that. Oh, sorry. Um, the thing, when you have these characters that have this pre-existing lore, it becomes something... It, it, it gives you a foundation to base the character off of which is again where hollywood i think tends to ignore in favor of putting their own spin on the character as if it was because it's their project right they have they have the right to do so obviously and everything needs to be gimmicky and fun and have like its own thing to set it apart from what it was when nine times out of ten characters who are a fan of this game series are a fan of this game series not the twist that director wants to put on it when I say I want a Halo TV show, I'm not really super interested in diving deep into the lore of John 117 and who he is and what makes him tick. I want to watch him punch Covenant in the face. When I say I want a Doom movie, I don't oh, want God. eight generic G.I. Joes walking around shooting at a single demon. I want to watch, frankly, things that I should not be watching. Um, <laughs> I want... I, I want to see the characters I know and love brought to life in a in a faithful fashion. I think the only Hollywood movie adaptation of a fic, of a of a of an existing fictional media that has done this right is Alita Battle Angel. I think that is the most faithful representation of what people or at least what I think of when I think uh media adaptation Hollywood production. Huh. And the fact that Sonic the Hedgehog has also gotten this gives me a little bit of hope for other potential um, franchises getting their taste of Hollywood uh, to come. Um, I think it helps that in Sonic's case, there isn't really a gold standard, but there's a metric fuck ton of adaptations. Mm -hmm. Sonic mm -hmm. is basically, he's the video game equivalent of mickey mouse almost because you look at mm -hmm. mario mario's yeah the most popular video game character of all time but there's only w once the video games pulled ahead that was it there was the super mario brothers super show of course there was the live action movie with bob hoskins and john leguizamo but those were never taken as legitimately standing on the same pedestal as the games but sonic mm -hmm. there's been comics there's been TV mm -hmm. shows, there's been an OVA, there was the games, which are spiraling constantly in a cycle of rebirth and mediocrity, so they're not necessarily seen as 
this is the ultimate true canon of Sonic because a lot of them are kind of terrible when you look at it. <laughs> so that gives a lot of freedom for an adaptation to say, here's the bullet points, here's the things that we need, but we're also free to break out a little bit from that because there isn't necessarily one concrete identity to this character. So it, I, do, I definitely think it helps that Sonic has a defined character because that gives him something to latch on to, but because the lore around him is much more malleable, it frees them up to do these adaptations and take some liberties. Like, if, if it wasn't for the comics and what have you, I think a lot more people would be upset about stuff, and if the games were better, story-wise, mm. I think a lot more people would be upset about the Chaos Emeralds being forged into the Master Emerald, and then when the Master Emerald shatters, Chaos didn't come out. Well, yeah, that is typically how it goes, but now you can have... We could have Chaos some other way. You could make it happen. It wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. So I think that really does play to Sonic's favor that he has all these varying continuities, and none of them necessarily stand that far below the games, because the games themselves... <laughs> hit or miss i also think it's great that you know it seems like the next generation of uh of creators whether it be for like tv movies you know in general mm -hmm. mostly movies a lot of directors are um getting inspired from gaming um and a lot of them are showing their roots and uh going in you know going into these movies they have a lot more attachment to them so it, it to me it just it i think that it's going to be a less taboo going forward to have these big game movies especially since gaming is a major economy that like you know it, it's it, it's such a major part of of you know entertainment now that it, you really can't ignore it i mean you gotta think how many how many people in the movie industry, especially uh, writers, producers, directors, are now uh, – I, I hesitate to say young adults because we're not young anymore – but adults who grew up with these things. They're turning 29, 30, 33, 35. That puts you smackly in the early 1990s growing up when we started getting GoldenEye, Halo, Call right. of Duty. The The – uh, yeah. the foundation of the modern video game industry and they grew up with these things so now instead of uh video game adaptation movies being written directed and produced by people who were already grown and can't tell the difference between an uh between a snes and a freaking uh, genesis mega drive yeah exactly <laughs> couldn't tell can't tell the difference between a nintendo and a nintendo um <laughs> Only making the games because <laughs> their kid wanted a uh, their kid wanted a Halo movie, um, or because they're contractually obligated, and if they make this for whatever studio they're working for, they'll get to make some passion project they actually give a shit. Exactly. Right. Now, for, now, now we have a generation of people. They are oh, the sorry. passion project. That now the games yeah. are the passion project, and it's something that will be spearheaded by people who want to make money. Absolutely, because they want to make more of them. But money is the secondary to making what is essentially all of our dreams. We all want to see, uh, maybe not all, but I, I would love to see like a good mass effect movie. That would be Maybe excellent. not about Shepard, but something in, God, in yeah. the universe. It's such a fantastic sci-fi universe that I would love to see expanded on. Um, Best of luck. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, but things like uh, uh, Halo, because it's at the forefront of my mind, but we have so many 
Give us like a uh, of uh, Dragon Age. Dragon I'd Age would be a good movie. movie. Uh, what, what, what Yo, was that one, Jeff? Jack and Daxter. Yo, I oh god, I would love that. Ratchet and Clank was okay. The adaptation of Ratchet and Clank was okay. What, what was the one you said, Jeff? Uh, Gears of War. Gears, Gears of War is an absolutely fantastic kill. universe for. I would also kill for a 40k movie. Ooh. Uh, maybe not that one. Uh, well, well uh, it'll be a minute on that one. Um, but there are so many universes out there that are would make fantastic cinema. And it's just it it would just have to wait until the right yeah. people who grew up with it have the opportunity. I mean, we're now at the point where for another example of people growing up with these nerdier interests, mm-hmm. we're now at a point where people have are in the industry who have likely grown up watching the Spider Man movies. Like yes. the, the Toby Maguire mm-hmm. ones. Yes. So for them, it's like, ah, yes, this is the gold standard of proving that these things actually have value beyond just well, appealing to a bunch of sweaty basement I- nerds. Imagine going to film school and having to write a paper on, like, the turning point of nerd cinema and having, like, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man be considered, like, classroom material for you. <sighs> so Wild here, to he, me. He, we've, 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 we've grown up in a generation, like, before it was, like a bad thing to be into these kind of things. You know, it was like an outsider oh, thing we to be. Horrendously. You were bullied horrendously for liking comic books, playing video games, playing Dungeons and Dragons in your basement on Naruto Saturday nights. Through the halls. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wish I had a basement. But like, now, like, <laughs> I mean, tabletop role-playing is like the biggest it's ever been, and it's only getting bigger with like, you know, the exposure it's getting. I mean, we're getting a, D- a Dungeons and Dragons Netflix show. Critical um, Role has its own TV show. Yeah, That's and it, it, it's insane, and it's uh, good. And like, we're, we've got Marvel. It used to be if you're, you're you're oh you're a comic book geek, you read comic books. Now <laughs> Marvel's become very normal. It's become very much like comic book movies have become a, like a thing that almost everybody who watches movies goes to. I mean, now kids get bullied for not reading comic books. <laughs> I, I don't know about that one, Chief. Uh, but how the turntables. I certainly wouldn't advocate that. Oh, oh absolutely not. That. No, no, no. Please do not. Uh, bullying bad. Yeah. Um, but you don't be a gatekeeper unless it's unless towards it's the Sonic funny. movie. But you know what I'm saying? Like you know, like the the whole idea of, and I hate it. I hate the idea of the term nerd being profitable now because, like you know, see. Well, just, I wouldn't say nerd. I would say geek because nerds nerds are like smart people, and not everybody who likes stuff like this is smart. Like, <laughs> oh boy! Wow. Okay. Throw more shit than he has to cut. Wow. I think we should end the podcast before we say anything else problematic. Since no, we're we since we're since we're cutting oh, things. Shit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess we're moving on to Moon. Yeah. Sonic Two was great. Oh Go my god. Sonic Two. Yeah. This is gonna be our longest Absolutely episode yet. Anyways, Moon at Episode Two. I probably should have rewatched it before this, but Same. it's excellent. Oh well. <laughs> I watched it I, half asleep, but yeah. It's it's quite good. I like how things are progressing. It's I did not expect to be where we are at the end of episode two. At the end of episode two, but I'm quite pleased by it. I'm just. Can I just? Mm-hmm. Can I just say how fucking happy I am that I can finally watch Oscar Isaac in something and reach. Fucking actually love it. Because yeah. I like everything I've seen Oscar because Oscar Isaac is a phenomenal actor and he deserves enormous credit for the stuff he's been put through. 
But like the stuff like back in the day when we did the uh, movie nights with Christian, like I An- Annihilation is a, is a pretentious movie that I fucking can't stand. I like uh, that the, movie. I think it's Dusex. Deuce is it the one where he bangs the robot, right? That's like Dusex. Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, like that wasn't a good movie. It's just Ex Machina. Oh, it's yeah, just Ex Machina. Like, Sorry. I, it was very unenjoyable for someone like me. Uh, he did what he could with Poe, but the sequels were doomed from the get-go. And the less said about Apocalypse, the better. Yeah, but, like, I'm so happy I can actually watch Oscar Isaac in something and thoroughly enjoy it. And this is coming from a guy who is, like, not big into Marvel post-Endgame. Mm. So, I'm, I'm, I'm just so fucking happy I can enjoy something with Oscar Isaac in it. Oscar Isaac in it thoroughly. Well, we've got a, like four more episodes, so we got a lot more to mm-hmm. more of it to watch. And uh, I'm, I don't know. I really, really like his performance in this this show. He's just, uh, I mean, he's fantastic. He's just fucking fantastic. Not yeah. a lot of roles give you the opportunity to flex not one, not two, but potentially three different acting styles. And it's very nice to see that Oscar can absolutely nail all three of them. Uh, Two so far, but three is heavily hinted. Um, yeah. So I, I was on the fence when I first heard that Oscar Isaac was being cast as Moon Knight because, like Jeff said, he does not have a he has he has a great track record for doing what he can with the roles he's given. Um, he's doing his best. Doing his best has been his tagline for a minute. It feels like. <laughs> um, but it's very. I, I am beyond pleased with his performance in Moon Knight so far. And honestly, everybody's in this show has been fantastic. They're... They got Ethan Hawke for this. They and got he's Ethan excellent Hawk. too. And he is <laughs> genuinely uncomfortable to watch sometimes, and I really enjoy that. I also like yeah. that they fleshed his character out from just being, you know, terrible. Co- like, like, like the way that they wrote him in the second episode was a lot very mm-hmm. interesting. He's kind of he he's kind of convincing, and I like that. Like this this character. He's a charismatic cult leader, just yeah. like every cult leader needs to be. But it actually this genuinely is how you felt do it, like actual cult leader Jared Leto. <laughs> it just genuinely yeah. felt like he was like you know doing an okay job telling his point of view, and mm-hmm. I, that's a really good way to write a character like that. That's this ego, you know, e- egomaniacal, you know, like cult leader. Like it was a very well done, uh, you know, way to write the character, and I, I actually applaud the writers for that for making me question the motives of. Uh, of you know what, what's the name of the god again? Kanchu. Yeah. Comet. Oh, Kanchu, yes. Yeah, Kanchu. It, is, it especially helps as somebody who is. I I haven't read most of the more recent Moon Knight stuff, but as somebody who is a Moon Knight fan and is at least familiar with a lot of it, it helps knowing that in the comics Kanchu is a right bastard. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, no, I believe I believe this guy that Kanchu is an asshole, and I think giving him that connection that he, we're you know what we're we'll just we'll just. This is just spoilers. That he was a former avatar of Kanchu just really helps sell it. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I can see somebody getting disillusioned enough with this guy, especially when he's standing there saying stuff like "break his windpipe." Kanchu's voice actor, by the way, I think it's F. Jared Abraham or something like that. F. Murray, uh, Abraham. Murray Abraham. F. Murray Abraham. Thank you. Phenomenal. Phenomenal job. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I never, very good. I never like, had a voice associated with Kanchu reading the comics, um, but now that I have heard his voice, I went back and I reread uh, all ten issues of the most recent run, and I cannot picture anyone else but him. It's amazing. So, 
do we still do, do we think I shouldn't say still, but do we think that they're still going to pull yet another fake out? Like do we think that they're going to try to make us question if this is all actually real still? Absolutely not. I don't I don't know enough about the character in all honesty. I'm with Jeff on this. I I only know that you can have him in a team in Ultimate Alliance. <laughs> yeah, the the thing with Moon Knight is especially the earlier stuff, a lot of it played up the maybe he's actually empowered by Khonshu, or maybe he's crazy. And it feels like they've resolved that very quickly in this show so far, because Layla seems to confirm, at the very least, that the jackal monsters are real. But I don't know. I feel like maybe somehow they'll they'll pull a... Ah, 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 nope, we're gonna, like, episode four or three, three, four, or five, I feel like they're gonna pull the rug out from under us and make us think, uh, nope, he's just nuts, he has been all along, he's just been beating up regular guys. See, historically, um, Moon Knight is crazy. That is not a debate. He is legitimately, yeah. legitimately should be in a cell for his protection and for the protection of others. However, this shit is still happening. He is crazy. He does have DID. There is a lot of mental illness going on here. He is grasp on sanity uh, waivers by the day, but he is still punching jackals in the face. There is yeah. too much coincidence here. There's too much destru destruction evident between the lose and the random cars on the side of the road and, like, all the other things for it to just be in his head the entire time. Oh, um, no, I'm sure it's real. I yeah. just wonder I, if the show is going to try to pull another, try to pull a wink, wink, nope, he's he's he, he's bonkers, that's it. I, there is no Khonshu. I feel like that would be immensely disrespectful to the character, and I would greatly disappreciate if they did that. Yeah. Hmm. I hope they Fair. don't. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I could see him doing it. It's it's a fear I have, but I, I I think, given from what I've seen in the two episodes we've seen so far, I think they're in tune enough with what the character is and what the character does that they they have the respect for the character to not even bother with that. Oh, yeah. I, I think Moon Knight is how, stuff like Moon Knight is how, at least for people like me, who don't think they can really pull off another, like, big, big, um conglomerate event like Endgame and Infinity War, where you can still enjoy mo what Marvel's putting out, because like it just goes into these little singular stories that are extended because they're miniseries. Like, I, I'm actually I'm actually excited for what's gonna happen next, rather than oh, all these other people are gonna fight, what is it, Krang now or something? Or Kang? Kang. Kang. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm I'm more invested in this this guy who just punches people while being psycho rather than them building up the next big bad in um, their cinematic universe. So I, I'm at, like, I'm, I'm glad that there can be content for multiple different types of outlooks I would the MCU, if that makes sense. No, yeah, that makes yeah, perfect Yeah, absolutely. Sense. I would like to say, uh, doubling back a little bit to the Is Moon Knight Crazy, I would like to see uh, them introduce... Uh, Moon Knight's therapist from the comics because I feel like that would be a very um, interesting way to um, uh, what's the word 
um, exposition a little bit about Moon Knight and Conchu and what he does instead of just Oscar Isaac talking to himself in the mirror. Um, mm. Don't get me wrong, I love that, but if we're still doing that in five or six episodes, that's gonna, I feel like it might be, the gag might be a little bit overstayed, in my opinion. But then again, I don't write Marvel shows, so what do I know? I don't think it's necessarily a gag, I think it's just more of a filming technique. Fair. It's. A, I think it's just a way to show the audience his inner, his like inner conflict and mm. inner dialogue with himself. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds about right. Also, for a miniseries, the the effects are absolutely fucking phenomenal. Yeah, they're Mar- great. Yeah. Marvel like, is. Awesome. I actually think, like, I actually think he's wearing a goddamn suit, not just like some CGI Mar- stuff. Marvel is absolutely operating with the Disney bucks, and it is beginning to show. Well. Even yeah, because even some of the more recent stuff hasn't been the best in mm-hmm. terms of effects. I even think Conchu looks pretty well. Hit it. He looks pretty Conchu good. Conchu is fantastic. Is the jackal suit up scene have been fantastic. Like all the like, effects in, like and the some of the filming techniques they use to get Oscar's reflection in places, and like even if it is CGI, it's it's believable. Like yeah. I I appreciate the the level of cinematography that's going into this production like when mark takes over uh steven that's their names right yeah yeah mark and, yeah when mark takes over steven right outside the bus and then you just see the visual change mm-hmm. in the suit man that was visual ecstasy i'm not gonna lie <laughs> also you, so, you, that was some the immediate stuff. change in his stature and the way uh uh mark is as carrying himself ecstasy. as like it it, it, it yeah it, it's beautiful like Oscar Isaac is a fantastic actor, and, and I'm just while there so are happy, I can enjoy him. Yeah, no, it's yeah. I've seen him in a couple of other smaller films that I've enjoyed. Uh, you know, he's he actually does have chops on him. He's a really good actor. I definitely mm-hmm. agree with that. Um, and he's knocking it out of the park. This this role is made for yeah. him. It seems so. It's like he has his niche that he likes. It's just it's not my niche. So I have this more. I. <sighs> You have an outsider's like point best of view. Example, the best example I can give is Annihilation, because I cannot fucking stand that movie. Like, like Oscar Isaac was the only compelling thing about that movie. I think I give that movie more credit than I probably should just because of how fucking terrifying that goddamn skull-faced demon bear is. <laughs> but, I don't know. It was... It, but I see your point, definitely. It's very hard to parse. Because, case in point... I, even if I like that movie, which I'm still not sure I do, I sure as fuck won't pretend to understand it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm cool, that's his thing. He likes working in big brain movies. I'm smooth brain. I, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah. Like, like, I just can't do it, and it's just nice that I can appreciate him in something a smooth brain like me can get behind. Mm-hmm. Well, so, Chase, as as the other... Closest thing to a Moon Knight fan. Oh boy. What's your, what's your take on the on the Mr. Knight adaptation we got here? So, historically, as I understand it, Mr. Knight isn't... It, he is his own personality. He is the personality that Mark or whoever takes when he is trying to be outwardly friendly. He's still carrying uh, the duty of the Avatar of Khonshu, the, the, the Fist of Khonshu. But and his beat sticks and his beat sticks, but he's polite. He is friendly. He is he is the face you come to when you need help. 
not the one that you run from down the alley. There have been a number of times in the comics where um, Eep straight up approaches police as Mr. Knight. And they go, whoa, hey, chief, isn't that Moon Knight? Shouldn't we take him in for vigilante activity? No, 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 son, you got it all wrong. That's Mr. Knight. He's a completely separate character. Uh, yeah, he's a completely separate person. It, it, trust me, Knight. if that was Moon Knight, we'd have to bring him in. No, don't worry about it. But that's Mr. Knight. He's this different. Is, this is simply concerned and, citizen, Mr. Knight. <laughs> yeah. And it, in the most recent run, he's the guy that runs the uh, the, the Midnight Mission and all that other stuff. So it's it, it is a visually distinct or visually and spiritually distinct character from Moon Knight and I, I I like that. That said, the suit looks fantastic and I love I don't love that we're using it for laughs at this point, but I can appreciate the idea that this is Steven's version of the suit. Because it, again, further differentiates between Mark and Steven and reinforces that these are, in fact, two separate people. And I like that. Uh, It makes me really interested to see uh, what they're going to do when uh, Jake somehow wakes up. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I I feel like maybe if he's assuming he's aware of the mission and what have you, he might just also have the Moon Knight costume. But it would be nice if they'd at least give it a certain differentiation. You know what? Maybe, maybe he'll have a Moon Knight suit more like the one in the comics, mm-hmm. where it's not, it's not Mr. Knight in an actual suit, but it's also not bandages, where he's yeah. got, like, an actual body suit and gloves and, like, the spiked gloves or what have you. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I, I, you, you know Jake's gonna be showing up at some point. I think we've already seen him not once, but twice. Um, you think we've seen him? I All think right. I think we've seen him. Um, it is my personal theory that when when they're reviewing the footage and Oscar comes out and dead eyes the camera, I think that's Jake. Because oh. looking at how we've seen Moon Knight behave, um, Stephen just cares about Egypt, likes his museum job, just wants to live his life. Mark very conchu focused, very a bunch about the 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 duty and all the Avatar stuff. I think Jake's just out here trying to live his best life. That's why he's asking out random women, because we know Steven didn't do it, and we know Mark wouldn't do it, because he's married and he's all focused about the mission. I don't think it's that we don't know Mark did it. It's more that it's it seems more likely, knowing that Jake Lockley exists in the comics, that it was Jake. But you could make the argument that maybe it was Mark just trying to keep Steven appeased, so that way he wouldn't go digging and wouldn't screw up the mission. Mm. But I, I do think it's more likely that it was Jake, but it's it's always hard to guess with these miniseries because mm-hmm. there's always that problem of getting too deep into speculation and expecting that something is more than it actually was, like Monica Rambeau's aerospace engineer friend in WandaVision yep. or the constant barrage of where Mephisto. But yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know, it feels like in this series in particular... It's hidden it, answers seems likely with, with what they're doing with the QR codes and everything. By the way, if you weren't aware, there are QR codes hidden in the episodes uh, that will uh, get that will link you to uh, free web versions of some of the Moon Knight comics to help you get caught up on who the hell this character is. Most interestingly, there is a scene in which a QR code is mirrored off of a piece of glass. And if you scan the mirrored one, it actually leads to issue number one of Dracula, fun fact. Oh! Um, anyway. Ooh. Off topic. 
it feels like with how many little Easter eggs and everything they're planting in the show, uh, they want us to speculate, I think. Um, and I, uh, I appreciate that. I like being able to sit here and theory craft and wonder exactly which direction they're going to take it instead of knowing the answers ahead of time. Yeah, I think it helps that with pre, unlike with previous series, now that we have those previous series, we kind of have a better set of how to manage expectations, I mm-hmm. think. Because mm-hmm. case in point, like I said, WandaVision got a little out of control there, but then you've got Loki and Hawkeye, where in Loki, it turns out, yes, that actually was a version of Kang, and Hawkeye, where, yes, it turns out they actually did bring back Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin. So, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe don't get too crazy, but it is possible for bigger things to happen, so just even hand. Even yeah. hand. Well, we have literally We're officially hit... at two hours. Uh, actually, ironically... My recording is exactly two hours and two minutes, which is the exact run time of Sonic 2. That's Mine hilarious. That, but it will probably be shorter once I cut out some silent bits and ums mm-hmm. and ahs and what have you, but we'll Ooh, see. Uh, you, uh, Still our longest, man. most extravagant Ooh, episode yet. Ta-da! Ta-da! Ting tang Walla so, Bing Bang. Anybody want to add anything else before we wrap this this one up? Uh, yes. Uh, is racially motivated? <laughs> never mind. Did somebody say racially motivated? All right, good if night. I, if I ask you to keep one thing in, let it be this. <laughs> I'm not even doing this sound effect. That's just him. Oh, okay, uh, well, I'm, I'm Nick, a.k.a. Agent Duckman. That's Scarlet Troll, a.k.a. Cody. And then we have, have Shrimp and Rexy. Shrimp. Yeah, and this has been another episode of Under the Bridge. And some things, which we'll figure out later. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll and spay oh, and neuter your pets. Watch Fantastic and Beast next week. Do we have to watch Fantastic Beasts? We have to watch Fantastic. Beasts. I don't want to watch that movie. I'm already confused enough as it is. It's just going to be me screaming for an hour and a half uh, about why does this exist? Remember, children. Whenever you pick up a pair of tongs out the drawer, you must click them twice to ensure they work. Everyone, have a good night. Yep. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody.